Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Uh, welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration uh, where we love celebrating Jesus, especially when things are not going quite right, which is the case this morning. So we're going to start off, hey buddy, come here, we're going to start off uh, with some prayer uh, this morning. First and foremost, uh, very special and rare appearance by Larry and Sharon. <laughs> who are only with us, it's kind of like, a, a, seriously, like I'm forming out of this, only appearing this week only <laughs> before they head out of town, but we want to pray for them as they head out of town. Uh, I forgot where they're going, but we know they're packing up the RV and going, where? Tennessee, right? Far away from here. <laughs> Lots of places. So we want to pray for them, God. We just pray for safe travel for them as they go. Uh, we pray for their family and friends that they visit. We pray that you would bless them while they go. And we pray that they would be a blessing to you and everyone who they visit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Also going to ask you guys to pray because this morning, as you can see, projector just decided to break. Uh, we're not going to let that stop us, so uh, hopefully you guys can see, I mean, the screens are obviously a lot smaller, not as big as a projector. Hopefully you guys can see everything this morning, so pray for that, uh, but also just pray for all the people who are like planning summer events and travel and all that stuff throughout the summer. So uh, a couple of things I wanted to share with you. Uh, we are, as we go into the summer, in the midst of our what we call Do Something campaign where we encourage all of you guys to take some time and volunteer, not here, but at some organization that helps people in the community. A couple of examples up here, like the food bank. There's several food banks. They're always looking for help. The diaper pantry in Elizabeth, they're the only ones servicing like this entire South Hills area. I think there's another one further out towards McMurray. I forget where it is, but they're the only ones, and they provide package of diapers for free every month uh, to families that are in need and volunteering to either, we have a bin back there, so if you just want to volunteer, to, I'm going to buy a package of diapers every month this summer to donate, that's great. Uh, but then also the blessing board, uh, if they're always looking for volunteers to help and they are the organization that gives fully furnished like rooms, furniture, to people in need. So imagine someone coming out of a fire uh, and lost everything, and they're like, here, living room, bedroom, kitchen, everything, all the furniture you need, pots, pans, dishes, everything, here you go for free. Uh, they also, uh, imagine if someone, you know, and we don't like to think of this, but it happens, people coming out of marriages or relationships that don't end well, people that can't afford, you know, whatever, and have to change houses, and they just so many people in need, and all they ask in return is that, hey, can we pray for you? And then they give them everything that they need. Uh, also keep in prayer, because we're still trying to work out 
because they have lots of things. The way they do it is they receive donations, furniture, pots, pans, all that stuff uh, from people and from other organizations. So we are still praying about doing what we are calling a drive-by donation where people can drive in, drop off pots, pans, bedding, blisters, whatever, and then just be on their way. So that way they don't have to come in and stop and whatever. But especially the people who are doing yard sales, and then when they're done with the yard sale, and they're like, no one took all these pots and pans. Perfect way to donate them so that someone else can use them. So for that, that's a perfect way. If someone's thinking, I want to volunteer and help do something in community, the only thing that's going to cost us really is human volunteers, maybe like four or five people total to hand out stuff, to collect stuff, and then to package it up so the blessing board can do it. Back to your seats and getting situated. This morning, we are starting a brand new series. Normally, we spend the summer walking through like a book of the Bible, but this particular series that we're walking through this, uh, this summer was created by you guys. How many guys remember when you guys filled out those index cards saying, uh, you answered actually this question, which is, what should the church talk about more often, right? And you guys do remember this, right? Okay, I just won't, don't want anyone to think I'm making this up. So you guys filled out a bunch of topics that you said, we think the church should talk about these things more often, and he's not here, but Jack's filled out one that said we should have more cookouts, so the following week we had a cookout. So just want to show you, I'm, I'm listening to what you guys say. All right, uh, but in addition to the cards that you guys filled out, I also asked a bunch of random folks online, because that's what I do, and they gave also some content. So there's a whole list of topics. Some of them matched what you guys said. Uh, some of them didn't, and I picked one that I felt, and I'll explain why this whole morning, one that we needed to talk about, not specifically for us in here, but the church, the body of Christ in general, and that's this. Uh, why isn't the church talking more about the negative way that some Christians talk to others, right? And if you were here last week, I said some of these topics some guys are going to agree with. Some of you may be like, oh, that doesn't really fit with us, but there is a whole lot of negativity coming from the body of Christ, and, and let me back that up. Uh, so there's a lot of people that claim that when they walk in the congregations for the first time that they get judged, they get, you know, laughed at, they get talked about because they have tattoos or hair coloring or they're not dressed the right way. Uh, and a lot of people claim this is why they're like, I want, they say they want nothing to do with the church because they walk in to a congregation and they experience this. And granted, this isn't everybody. This isn't all Christians, but a lot of it gets lumped together. People tend to say, you know, I'm sick of all blank, fill in the blank, therefore I want nothing to do with all blank and I'm done with all blank. Fill in the blank or whatever it is. People just lump things together today. But just to give you an example of this, um, shameless plug. So you guys know, uh, Pastor Mark Berkshire and I, uh, we do a podcast called Faith Responders talking about how people of faith can respond to things going on in the culture. So the one we just did, you can go listen to that now, it's called Responding to Church Hurt. 
And we talked about, one, how people who say they experience church hurt, how they can respond to it, help them through it, all that kind of stuff. But we also talked about people who say, um, or people who are the ones who are causing it. People are the ones who are saying negative things when people come in. People are the ones who are saying, you can't have those tattoos in here and that kind of thing. That make people feel like, wait a second, what, what am I doing wrong? And in this, not the one that's on now, the one that's coming up, the one that's going to be dropped this Friday, the next episode, we actually talked to a woman. We had her come on. We asked her, can she come on a podcast and share her experience? Because she said, hey, she was one of the people who, as a young child, talked down to and watched people get talked down to in a church setting, as a teenager experienced bad things from the church, as an adult experienced bad things from the church, and she was like, I am done with the church. But then, you know, people reached out to her, walked with her, helped her, uh, and guided her towards a church that she's now a part of, uh, and, he, and she will, she even says this on the podcast, she said, when I went in there, I sat in the back row because I had it in my head, this is the last time, if this doesn't work out, I am done. And her thinking was, not that I'm done with God, I still want to find him, but her thinking was, if that's the God that you guys say is a God of love and that's what you call love, the way that you talk down to people and treat people and judge people, and, and look at them differently because of the way they're dressed or because they don't make enough money or because they don't vote like you or look like you or have the same skin color as you. She said, if that's that God of love, I want nothing to do with him. And it was a like literally lifelong journey for her to actually find and experience God. And I will you know, share this with you, that because of Mark, actually, Mark Brookshire, actually talking to her and he and his wife Dawn spending time with her and encouraging her, not only did she find a church, but she committed her life to Christ because she was able to find that God of love that she wasn't able to find with all the people who were talking down to her and, and that kind of stuff. So we may not experience that here, right? Because um, I shared what I experienced years ago when I first got here because of the way I dressed, right? I still experience lots of stuff because of the way I dress from other pastors, and this, that, and the other. Not a big deal. I, it doesn't bother me because everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? Everyone has an opinion, not a big deal. But here's the thing. Specifically, if you've ever had a job, you know when you step into that job, regardless of how you think it should go, that employer has a, a way that, hey, this is how we do things here, right? If you go to work at Wendy's, if you can find one, it's still open. They have a way that says, here's how we do the burgers here. If you go to work at Burger King, they have a totally different way. You can be like, I worked at Wendy's for 27 years. You're at Burger King now? This is how we do it here. It makes sense. It's theirs. God has a way that he says, here's how, if you claim to be a Christian, Here's how you're supposed to talk to other people. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. But if you claim to be a Christian, he says, here's how you're supposed to talk to other people. Now, let me give you an example, right? Because most people think, oh, no one talks to anyone like that. But if we're being honest, this probably includes a lot of online conversations. 
Because that's, that's where a lot of the hate and this, that, and the other comes from, as well as people walking into, like, Sunday settings. And I want to share, here's, here's what I experienced, and I don't want anyone to think that the whole reason we're doing this message is just because of what I, I experienced. But this is just common to what happens online. So um, I made a video because some, and that's what I do, I make a lot of videos. Someone had commented about this very thing, right? So the whole reason I made the video was to say I agree with you. So the woman uh, had made a comment and she said, uh, let me see if I can get a close-up of this. She said, we are supposed to lift one or another up, speaking of Christians, not putting each other down. And she said, that's why people turn from God, because we're supposed to be the light. Makes sense. It's biblically accurate. It's true. So, of course, me being me, I made a video, and because I like to do that stuff, I said, yes, we're supposed to be the light, but sometimes we as Christians, we turn the light off, and I did the little hand switch, like turning the light off, which kids don't recognize because they just say, Alexa, turn the light off. But I did a thing like turning the light off and then left it all black for emphasis, right? And on that video, a bunch of people were like, yes, we should, we got to do better. Other people were like, you know what, I've probably been a part of that problem, I need to do better. Some people were like, hey, it's not all that bad, we're not all that bad, but yeah, we could do better. And then there is always this one Christian, this one person who feels like they need to say, you're the one turning it off. And where she says fails, I think she means take that earring off and repent. So this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? I mean, now, don't get me wrong, no hate towards her, not mad at her or whatever. I've had other people share their opinions about stuff I do, about earrings, about the way I dress. Uh, years ago, I made a video of me, like I had my phone like on the dashboard or something while I was driving and made a video about something. All of them were about, all of them were about God and Jesus and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, lots of people loved it. I had a neurosurgeon from somewhere in another country message me, not even on the platform I made the video on, message me on another platform and said, hey, I saw your video. Um, I am not a Christian, but I like everything you said. However, comma, she said, I am a neurosurgeon, and she proceeded to tell me all the statistics about people who get in car crashes while they're making videos. She started to tell me some of the details about the surgeries and how long, and some of the people that have recovered and some of the people that haven't. And then she ended it with, hey, I'm not trying to call you out, which is why I messaged you privately. I hope that's okay. And my response to her was, I appreciate that. I will never make another video while driving, and I haven't. I make a lot in my car, but I pull over somewhere into a spot where people won't laugh at me for making a video in my car, and then I make the video. But I've never made another one drive. So, I've had people who disagree with the way I dress. I've had people who disagree with me uh, because I wear an earring. I've had some people who've said on a public, you know, thing like that, like, hey, I notice you're a pastor wearing an earring. In my opinion, I think it's kind of feminine, but you do you. I appreciate that. They're welcome to their opinion. I mean, I can't say your opinion is wrong. It's your opinion. And they, they say it in a respectful way. I was like, okay, I, I, I appreciate that. So this isn't just me saying, hey, there are some people who don't like the way I dress. Had 
so many people comment because of the way I dress, and I felt like I needed to share this one specifically, only because this was a shirt that uh, Lisa Wagner, Brandon's aunt, got for me because she had one on. Hers was pink. I was like, that's awesome. I would love one like that. Where can I get it? She said, a friend from church made it. I'll get one for you. And I thought she was kidding. And then like a week later, she was like, I have this at my house. Do you want me to like drop it somewhere? And I was like, got in the car, vroom, 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 to her house, picked it up. Which is fine. But I had people on this video, like, uh, let me see, I think there's like a hundred and something comments. And this was another video about how we shouldn't talk down to other people, right? hundred and something comments. Out of the hundred and something comments, there were like three that were like, that shirt is disrespectful to Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get that. So again, I'm just telling you, this isn't me just complaining because people complain about the way I dress. And I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I am going to tell you this. Because even Christy will complain sometimes about the way I dress. We were watching this show called Farmer Wants a Wife. Has anyone seen that show? No? Okay. It's, it's an okay dating show to watch. I was just watching it because they had all these women who would go out to the farm. They'd have to, like, do farm life. And some of them were like, I'm out. The smell of every... I'm out. Another one was like, I'm a vegan. I thought you just petted the animals. I didn't know you ate them. I'm out. But then the farmers had to go to where the women were and meet their families. And one farmer went into, New, I think it was New York City from like somewhere on his farm in like Alabama or somewhere. New York City had on a cowboy hat, had the string tie, big belt buckle, had on a blazer that at the bottom it turned into a trench coat. And I paused the TV and I said, honey, look at that coat. Do you think I could pull that off? That coat is awesome. And I kid you not, without missing a beat, she looked at the coat, she looked at me and said, don't try to pull it off till after I'm dead and gone. Because I just don't see whatever you see in that coat. This is not about people making fun of me because of the way I'm dressed. I'm so used to that. I don't have a problem with that. And you know, even if I did, not a whole lot I can do. But here's what this is about, because this is what I do have a problem with. God is not okay with Christians talking down to, demeaning, and ridiculing other people and saying, we're doing this in the name of Christ. God is not okay with that. I mean, there are countless examples in his word, and we're going to look at where he tells us specifically, hey, if you're going to try to talk to someone or whatever, there's a way to do it. But talking down to people, demeaning people, and ridiculing other people is where you end up with people saying, hey, if that's the God of love that you keep telling me about, I don't want anything to do with him. Right? So here's, here's the way, from a biblical perspective, God tells us that we are supposed to talk to people. First and foremost, uh, if you're telling someone that, hey, what you're doing is a sin or it's wrong, make sure that what you're telling someone is a sin is actually a sin or is actually wrong. Because here's what usually happens. We have people who will impress their cultural preferences upon the Bible and say, hey, if you're doing that, you're sinning. We have people who will say, I mean, we don't do this today, but some of you guys can remember, people that say, hey, 
you're coming in here wearing that dress, it's too short, that's a sin. Bible doesn't address anything about how long your dress is supposed to be as a sin. We have people that say, hey, if you're not coming in and, 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 and a suit and tie, you're sinning. I have people that tell me, if I'm, and I had someone tell me just, just last week, if I'm not up here preaching in a suit and tie, I'm sinning. As if you guys can come in on shorts, but when you stand in on this side of the pulpit, there's a whole different attire that God requires when, in fact, if you look through the Bible, the people that preached and the people that listened were all dressed in whatever they were going to wear for that day, which is why I dress like this. So if you're going to stop and tell someone, hey, this thing that you're doing wrong, it's a sin, first make sure it is, because going back to this woman, and again, I do follow my own advice, which is from the Bible, so I reached out to her and I said, hey, I just want to ask you, because yes, I'm a pastor, I think I know the Bible pretty well, but I don't have it memorized, I could be wrong, so can you direct me to where it says that wearing an earring is a sin? Because there have been people that said, hey, did you know this? And, and I'm like, it doesn't say that. And they're like, yeah, look right here. I'm like, you know what? I, I've never paid attention to that. You're absolutely right. So now I have to adjust what I'm doing so that I'm not in conflict with the word of God. So I asked her, show me where it says this. And she directed me to a verse in Deuteronomy. Right? Yeah, I think it's in Deuteronomy. No, it might have been in Exodus. Uh, where it talks about, and she said, Wearing earrings was a sign that you were a slave. And my first response was, well, it's not a sin. My second response was, that's not biblically correct. Because what it actually says is that a slave, who was really an indentured servant, if they were set free, like they worked for a master to pay off a debt, once that debt was paid, or if the master said, hey, you know what, we're good, I'm going to set you free. If that slave said, you know what, I love the life I have here. I love the job I have here. Me and my family are accustomed here. You're a good and kind worker. I want to stay here. Then they would get their ear pierced so everyone else would know, hey, that guy's not a slave. He's serving him out of love, which is the reason why I specifically keep my earring after I became a pastor so that I would have that opportunity. If someone says, why can't, how does this work? Why are you? I could tell them, I am doing this out of love. And that, that's why I keep my earring. So I, I, I corrected her with that, and I haven't heard back from her since. Actually, I did. She said, you're wrong, and then just haven't heard back from her after that. But here's the thing. So make sure that if you're trying to say, hey, someone's doing something wrong, or you're trying to address it, make sure you're actually right. But then also, there's a biblical way to address sin and wrongdoing. If you're actually talking to someone, so um, uh, let's say Cody, because I just happen to be looking at his eyesight, he notices, hey, Floyd, you're doing this thing, and I think, I'm pretty sure in the Bible it says it's, it's wrong, it's, it's a sin, you're, you're, you're straying away from the path of God. There's a biblical way that he's supposed to address it, and here's what the Bible says, right? Galatians chapter 6, and this is the amplified version because it kind of expounds on the language. It says, brethren, because Paul is writing this to the church, it says, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or a sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him. 
any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. So he says, if, if, if Cody looks and says, Floyd, I keep noticing you're engaging in this sinful life and it's drawing you away from God, what he's supposed to do is first make sure that it's the Holy Spirit guiding him to do this, right? And make sure he does it in a way that he's not talking down to me and saying, hey, I'm superior to you and this is why I'm addressing this to you, right? And then it says, keep an eye on yourself lest you should be tempted and a temptation is to put other people down. But then he says this, the reason why we're supposed to do that is because we're supposed to bear and endure and carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ. So yeah, there's a biblical mandate that if we, Cody and I, we're part of the, the body of Christ, then he has a, a biblical responsibility to say, hey, Floyd is struggling with something. Let me come help him through it, but let me do it in a God-honoring way because then he fulfills what's called the law of Christ. And this is important because here's the law of Christ. This is the command that Jesus gave to his disciples. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone know that you are my disciples. They're not going to know that we're the disciples of Christ because they hear Cody talking smack to me because I've made mistakes or sin. They're going to know that we're the love of Christ because he's showing me the same love that Jesus Christ showed him. That's how they know, right? So uh, here's the other thing, and this is the last one. We have to ensure that everything that we say, when we speak, when we post, when we comment, that we do it in a way that is edifying uplifting, graceful, and respectful. Like I said, the woman that reached out and said, I'm a neurosurgeon, I just want to tell you, she did it in a respectful way, a graceful way, an edifying way. She wasn't trying to like put me down for doing it. She was like, hey, I just want to let you know that this is what could happen if you continue to like make videos while you're driving. And here's the thing though, this is not just me making it up, because over and over and over, it says this in out, throughout the Bible. In Ephesians 4.29, one of my favorite verses, says, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome talk, or worthless talk, ever come out of your mouth. And I'm going to just stop there and let that sink in. And I don't know if you guys remember, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about things that are an instruction a prescription or a description. Description of things in the Bible describing what happened, but they're not meant for us. A prescription meaning if you apply this, it will make your life better. This is an instruction. This is a command. This is an optional if we claim to be of Christ that we are not to let any foul, polluting, or evil, or unwholesome, or worthless talk ever come out of our mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others and as is fitting the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace. When people are sitting and having, a, even if it's online, a conversation about the way that we can talk to others great, that's not the time to come and say, your earring is a sin or your dress is too short or whatever. Because that's not befitting the occasion. Now, if I, again, if we're doing something wrong, there's a way that we're supposed to address it. But this is what Paul says also. And this is specifically dealing with people who are outside the church. 
He says, behave yourselves wisely in Colossians chapter 4, living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians. Making the very most of the time and seizing the opportunity. He says, we're supposed to be cognizant of the way that we talk to non-Christians. Because I might be able to go up to, to Larry and go up to Beth and say, hey, you know what, such and such is a sin, Bible verse, this, that, and the other. And a non-Christian might be like, what are you talking about? I, I haven't read that stuff. I'm not trying to live by your laws, so why are you trying to hold me to them? Right? So we're supposed to be cognizant of the way that we talk to them. But when we do, let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. I still have no idea what winsome means. It's not in my vocabulary. I'm sure I can look it up. But I'm sure it doesn't mean talk down to, judge, or demean them when we talk to people. Especially people that are coming to your congregation. That's like people coming to your house. When your family comes to your house, you probably look at them and say, you know better, take your shoes off, close the refrigerator door, turn off the TV, turn off the light, da-da-da-da-da. When guests come, what do you normally say? Oh, that's okay, don't worry about it. That, that's okay that you spilled that, don't worry about it. That's okay, you just let it go because they're guests. And when people come to our congregations, especially for the first time, they need to be treated the way that we want to be treated, with the love of Christ. And then Peter, I'm going to close with this verse. He says this, In your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord and always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. There's no problem talking to non-Christians about, hey, this is what I believe, but we're supposed to do so respectfully. There's no problem talking to other Christians who may say, hey, this is what I do. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem right. That seems like that goes against the Bible. It's not right. But we're supposed to do so respectfully. In every conversation we have and everything that we do, we're supposed to ensure we speak, post, and comment in a way that is edifying, uplifting, graceful, and respectful if we claim to be the people of God. Because we don't ever want to be the reason that someone looks at us and says, hey, if Floyd represents this God that you say is a God of love and talks to me the mean and disrespectful way Floyd talks to me, then I want nothing to do with your God. That's not who we want to be. We want to be the people who say, hey, you know what? I don't know your God. But if he treats me anything like you, I'm in. I want to know him more. I want to experience people who treat me with love, with grace, and respect, just like you do. Then I'm in. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. God, we acknowledge that everything we've talked about may not apply to everyone, but we also acknowledge that your word calls for every single person who calls themselves a Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-believing person of God, that we are to always ensure that everything that we say, even when we're trying to correct, even when we're trying to edify, even when we're trying to uh, uh, direct someone, that it's edifying that it's uplifting, that it's graceful, and that it's respectful. 
We pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in our interactions, not only with one another, but with those who don't know you. That we would speak to them with the same love and grace and mercy that you use when you communicate with us. And God, we pray that as your word says, that we uphold and fulfill the law of Christ, that we love one another, that we love other Christians, that we love the people of God the same way that you loved us. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. 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 The good thing is that means no arguments on the way home for anyone, right? Pray that everyone has an awesome rest of your Sunday. God bless. See everyone next week, and hopefully we'll have uh, a projector to go.